42 minutes show you what the Jazz could be. Six minutes remind you of everything that has been offbeat all season and in the past. We'll look at both in a detailed breakdown of the final six minutes of the Jazz lost to the Lakers. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for tuning in and making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe right there if you're watching and hit the bell to be notified or follow on any of your podcast providers. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com to tell them Locked On sent you. Well, for 42 minutes, the Jazz were terrific and looked as though they were on their way to a seven-game win streak heading to the break, believing that they could come back, tighten the screws, and make a championship run. And instead, they leave Los Angeles after six awful minutes of basketball, breathing life into LeBron and Westbrook, and quite frankly, had to break reminded of all the things that are wrong in this season and where they're not as good and all the warts that they have. It's a terrible turn of events, but it's the reality, I think, of where the Jazz sit right now that last night is a rude reminder of the first half of the season. And it really was, in those six minutes, just about everything that's been not quite the same as it was a year ago with this team. And that's too bad. The 41st 42 minutes were brilliant, and they're worth talking about because they're a reminder of what this team is capable of. So let's start there. Then we'll dig into the six minutes. And then in the final part of the show, I'm literally going to walk through the six minutes and just try to figure out what went wrong. Is it small ball defense? Was it Rudy getting switched on LeBron? Was it hero ball? What was wrong with the Jazz in the final six minutes? But if you walk through the start of this game, the Jazz do a lot of things really, really well. So they fall behind 11-0, which is not, you know, kind of fits into maybe if we're really being honest, it's three terrible minutes, 39 good minutes, and six horrendous minutes that end this game. But they fall behind 11-0, and then they just show actually some resiliency and some fight, and they get back into it, and they get rolling, and we're tied at the end of one but you can feel the game is completely in the jazz side of things because, you know, they were down 11, nothing. The Lakers came out, hit a bunch of shots. And then from that point on the jazz outscored the Lakers 27 to 16. Donovan's brilliant. He has 15. Boyan's got eight. Like they're, they're playing pretty well. They don't have a bunch of assists, but you're not going to get a bunch of assists in a game where the Lakers are switching everything defensively. Um, and the Jazz were able to move the ball. The only guy who looks off at that point, Rudy plays just five minutes. He doesn't look great, and Mike's 0 for 4, and Mike looks exhausted. 
uh, Mike carried this franchise throughout all of January, and he looks totally exhausted. He did the other night where his only basket was that of a um, lob to go bear that doesn't go in. The second quarter, Donovan's equally as brilliant, and maybe in retrospect, Donovan was just carrying us. Again, not a lot of assists, four assists on 11 field goals, but they're switching almost everything. The Jazz have seen the switch more than any team in the NBA at this point of the season. And the Jazz are dealing with it pretty well. Trent Forrest makes a bunch of nice plays, rejecting screens. They're not getting the ball to Rudy because they're bringing a third guy over, just opening up some three-point looks. Um, the Lakers' length is causing problems. You're seeing the Jazz. Ron Boone in the shoot-around report talked about the two things the Jazz had to do was they had to space the floor offensively to deal with the Lakers' length and that they had to, um, on the on the – on the offensive end space, on the defensive end, basically equivalently space, which was take up the space defensively. And they're doing a pretty good job. But the Lakers, though, kind of have an unnatural shooting game. They go one of 12 from three in that second quarter. So there's a little bit of make or miss league in the Jazz get fortunate. But the Jazz outscore them in that second quarter, 26 to 19. And we feel like you're pretty much totally in control of the game. Um, defensively, we were, you know, because they missed shots, they had a 90.5 defensive rating. The defense is good really throughout the whole quarter, both with Rudy and Hassan on the floor. It's actually better with Hassan. And we go to the third quarter, and the Jazz just stay in control of this game. And they they just look like the superior team. There's a point in the broadcast where I say to Ron Boone that the Lakers have you know, really put out a, a tremendous effort, and the game's tied, and then the Jazz kind of burst through that because they're just better. Um, and then the third quarter, the Jazz, now in the third quarter, the Jazz start to really move the basketball. They're Suddenly now we have six assists on 10 field goals. Royce O'Neal, kind of always a sign if we're moving the ball, if he's getting looks, he's got 10 points in the quarter. Donovan continues to be great. You know, Mike and Rudy are still probably quieter than we're used to. Um, and, you know, little tiny things. Jordan's not quite as in tune. Daniel House, when he drives, looks a little out of place if he's not spotting up from three. You know, some of our young guys who've been so impactful, Forrest and Pascal aren't quite as impactful. And the Lakers shooting continues to still be bad at three of 10. And that quarter's even, but we're in total control of the game. We're in total control of the game. And frankly, at the six minute mark of the game, we're up by 12. And if you look at the numbers, like we're totally in control of this game. We're, they're seven of 32 from three. So we've been fortunate We're up 12, it's 92 to 80, and we kind of have it. We've, again, only 14 assists, but they're switching, with particularly when Anthony Davis goes out, and we're attacking the switches, we're moving the basketball, um, we're keeping Rudy in the middle of the lane and rotating out the defensive game plan was really pretty good when they were playing small, which was to keep Rudy in the middle. He's guarding Taylor Horton, Tucker, or Westbrook, and he's staying in the middle, and he's guarding the middle, and when, when you play five out, there's not a lot of space because you have five guys on the perimeter. And the fact is you, you rotate, you can kind of rotate four guys to guard five and the Jazz were doing a pretty good job. The Lakers were missing some shots, but the, the Jazz were probably getting the right guys to shoot and they um, and the Jazz were doing a really good job. So like you look at it, the ball was beginning to move. They were attacking the switch really, really well. There were some great defensive plays in which Rudy Gobert or Hassan Whiteside stayed in the middle. And the way the Jazz, last year what the Jazz did is when someone went five out, Rudy guarded the guy in the corner. Rudy would come back in the middle. And then Rudy had to get back out to Terrence Mann. And he didn't get there. 
which you saw last night when things were good, was that Rudy's guarding the middle, Whiteside's guarding the middle, and the Jazz are rotating four guys around the perimeter to get to the shooters, and they were getting to the shooters. It was much better. It was a huge step in the right direction. Um, and it was, you know, the coaching staff making adjustments. Donovan was just absolutely great. Clarkson scoring on some ISO switches. Forrest is rejecting some screens. They're doing, you know, everything well. They're keeping the game in the half court. I don't have the ability on cleaning the glass to go quarter by quarter and look at transition. But the Jazz at that point are keeping the game in the half court. The Lakers are a bad half court offensive team. They've been below average offensive team in the half court for the entire um, last three years. What they do is they get out in transition. And this year, as we talked about yesterday in the program, they're not good in transition. But at that point, the Jazz were kind of following the script. The Lakers were not particularly good in the half court. Um, They were not getting in transition a lot, and they weren't scoring in transition. So this was kind of the perfection. And then the six minutes happens. And it's got every single wart in it that this basketball team has shown us over the last two years. And that's what makes it so salty in the wound about heading to the All-Star break in that manner. And we'll talk about it as we continue today on Locked on Jazz. I've got a neat company I want to, or group of people I want to tell you about. Um, it's Summit Capital. They're a local investment group that's made up of successful business operators. They provide capital for management seeking to buy out the owner of a business they work in, the owners seeking to sell their business, and they're looking for entrepreneurs. They're seeking capital to help grow their businesses. I can tell you personally about Summit Capital because they were part of the investment group that invested in Locked On, and I can also tell you the great thing about them is never once did I hear like you would from a VC, what's our exit date? What are we bringing? What numbers are you going to get us? There was none of that. They're entrepreneurs themselves. They approach investing with the mind of an entrepreneur, unlike private equity or venture capital. There's no artificial timelines and they can invest in all types of structures, including both debt and equity. The neatest one they're looking for is if you know someone who owns a business, they were trying to get out, the family's not going to take it over for them. And there's somebody working in that company that actually knows it, can keep it alive, keep the name um, respectful, do all the right things with it but they don't have the capital. Summit Capital is here to provide them that capital and give them the opportunity to own that business um, that they know so well. Or if owners are looking to sell their business or entrepreneurs seeking capital. You can contact Matt at 801-796-2033. Just text him, 801-796-2033. Or you can email LockedOnJazz at SummitCapUtah.com. That's LockedOnJazz at SummitCapUtah.com. If you want more, SummitCap.com. SummitCapUtah.com works for you. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure that pointless, painful exercise of walking in there with them asking 23 questions to cover up that they might not have the parts? Instead, go to the old-school, easy-to-navigate rockauto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oils, and even new carpet. We encourage rockedauto.com. Check it out. Find out. Explore their easy-to-use, old-school website for the, and you find the solution to your auto part needs. And please, when you're checking out, write locked on the how did you hear about us box 
so they know who it is. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Locked On Now is available for you to recap all the games of the NBA last night. Plus Nick Angstead and Big Dave do a great job on Locked On NBA for you as well. All right, so we're now up by 12. We've been brilliant for 42 minutes. And we've been brilliant while not being quite right. Like Mike's not quite right. Rudy's not. Clearly Rudy's on the second game back from an injury, which is always your body. Your mind carries you through the first one and your body fights you on the second one. That's like kind of well-known. We've all heard it a million times. Second game back from the injury is the hardest. But Royce O'Neal throws a pass that is completely ill-advised, leads to a turnover and a slam dunk to wrestle Westbrook. And now it's like breathing life into a dragon. I don't know why I use a dragon, but they're fire breathing. And all of us, LeBron checks into the game. Like this is just, you can't do this. Like you have the game under control. You have to value possessions. And literally LeBron James has sat down at the 643 mark. You almost wonder if he's not coming back. Westbrook misses a four footer. We have the ball with six minutes left and we're up 10. We're up 12. So now the alley-oop. Then, and I don't want to go play by play here, but then Clarkson takes a 26 foot three, which is fine. He takes one dribble to his left. It's like, it's a decent shot. And it's another transition opportunity. They score with five seconds left after the miss and Westbrook fouls and LeBron checks back in the game. Like there's a chance LeBron was done. The game was over. The win probability was below 2%. It was 50 to one plus. And then all of it shows up. Clarkson's body language when he checks out of the game is so awful. And he gets to the bench and he puts his hands up and he just, it can't do anything but zap the energy of everyone on that bench and in that group. Rudy and Royce have screamed at each other earlier in the game. I'm all for communication, but not screaming at each other like they were. Physically, the Lakers now have momentum and get into it. And we don't have the... I don't know what it is to fight through that physicality and make the next play. You're looking for someone to make the play. Like you're up 10. You've got the wiggle room. You need, all you have to do is make one or two plays. You're back up 12. It's over again. That's what you've learned. That's what, that's what you, that's kind of what you have. I mean, I don't mean to sit here and just run through every wart we have, but two losses last year when trailing go in the fourth quarter, this was our seventh. 12 and 17 now in clutch games when our data is actually pretty good. We just don't make that play. The 11th game this year or 10th game this year, we've lost of a double digit lead. We just can't break the momentum when it suddenly flips on us. And it feels like that's the same thing that happened in the bubble against Denver. It feels like it's the exact same thing that happened in that building in game six against the Clippers. And it just feels and it has to feel this way for the players going to the break, a painful reminder of where we're just not there yet. And like yet, it's got 28 games left before the playoffs start. And there's just so many mistakes late. Like we can talk about small ball. That wasn't it. And honestly, the one thing I wonder is there's so many of the mistakes last night came back to Royce. 
on plays that are uncharacteristic of him, I wonder if he's just exhausted again. You know, we have a track record with Roy. If and if if this is the reminder of all the things we have a track record with Royce, who's not elite athletically, or else he would have been drafted. Who's a beast at six four, six five, and battles incredibly every night against. And then we have the track record that every year's first half is of his season's better than second half of the season. Like he loses LeBron on two defensive assignments. To me, that are just he's has to be he's exhausted mentally, like out. And then there's the bypassing the shot late, and there's a really really bad turnover late, and there's a the turnover that starts the whole thing. And I just wonder if on a night like this, where for the first 26 minutes he's super good, he's four of six from the field, he's got seven rebounds, he's got three steals, he's got a block, he's got t- ten points, he's great. That whether or not maybe this is symbolic, again, I I may be overplaying this, but of everything that has happened to us, you know, in the past is that one of the things that happens just down the stretch of the second of the season is Royce gets exhausted. And the final six minutes last night, Royce has a turnover and no rebounds and and nothing else. And we're all, Donovan goes one of six, Boyan goes two of three, Mike goes one of of one, Jordan goes of one. You know, we go three of 11, one of six from three, we get outscored by 17 points. LeBron and Westbrook go bananas. Our transition defense, which has been a problem all season long, rears its ugly head. Like, I hate to say it, but in that six minutes, like actually every single kind of item that's out there that makes you wonder revealed itself. And that's the bummer because the difference between going to break, having had this solid outing and winning your seventh straight game and going to break reminded slapped in the face by the problems is it, I think hurts. Like, I think this team's got some scars to it, and you're now going to break with those scars, which isn't great. Like, it would be, it's a bummer. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to overplay that, but I I actually don't feel like you can. I actually think it's really significant. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to overplay it in some dramatic fashion. I actually legitimately think guys going to break, having one seven straight, going to the All-Star game, feeling good about themselves, going to wherever they're going, feeling like, all right, we got a chance. Let's go. Let's really focus this, you know, take care of ourselves this break, come back, and we're going to, we got a chance to win this thing compared to going to break thinking, of all the things that are wrong are hurt. Um, you know, it's just something about either defensively when someone's getting physical and firing at us or offensively when they're getting physical and getting into us that we don't have, there's just, we didn't have last night and we haven't shown the ability to stop that momentum. We couldn't stop that momentum in the bubble. We couldn't stop that momentum in the um, against the Clippers. I mean, it's very kind of similar game to that Clipper game. It just happened in six minutes instead of 24. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about Conley and Gobert. Mike's exhausted. Mike carried this franchise through January when everybody else was injured. Like the rightful order of the basketball universe is that this is Donovan, Rudy, then Boyan and Mike. And then, and Boyan has got the finger injury and Donovan and Rudy were out and Mike carried this franchise through this stretch and he's exhausted. He's, I mean, I hope he's exhausted because he's, you know, he's, he's off. Like if he's not exhausted, we have a much larger problem. 
Um, but if you look at, you know, we came out of that stretch and I think Mike, and he said in a conversation I had with him this week in a media session that this is, you know, January was the most difficult month he's ever had in his entire career. And he wasn't playing more minutes, but his, his workload was just way up and you can kind of see it, right? So if you just take February, which is the last seven games, and that's an arbitrary spot to start, but he's shooting 33% and 30%, 33% overall and 30% from three. Like he's going on a break with Mary and grandparents are watching the kids and he gets a complete reset. I think he'll be fine. Um, when he comes back, because we have a track record of him being great all season long, he just looked exhausted. And Rudy, second game back. So, I mean, there are explanations except for that. All right, let's walk through the six minutes because there's some narratives to it that are true and some narratives to it that are not true about what took place last night. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.net. Football season's in the rearview mirror, but basketball is in full steam, both pro and college hoops. So for the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. I saw Russell Westbrook odds, or Russell Wilson ads yesterday, or lines yesterday. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news. BetOnline.net is hockey, boxing, UFC. All the odds are right there. Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. It's BetOnline, where the games begin. So the Utah Jazz lead it by 12. And I don't mean to belabor this, but I think there's some interesting aspects here. So the turnover by O'Neal and seven seconds later, Westbrook dunks were now at 10. Decent offensive possession by the Jazz. There's also no need to panic. You're up 10. Everything seems fine. And Clarkson misses a three. It's a decent, it's a decent shot. He takes one dribble to his left. Um, he avoids the defender closes. But the Jazz don't get back in transition defense at all. Um, it's a really ugly play. Reeves, um, Clarkson misses the shot. They rebound it. It's an outlet to uh, Horton Tucker, who just gives it to Reeves. He simply just outruns Westbrook, Boyan, and Royce to the rim. And Westbrook commits, excuse me, and Whiteside, not Westbrook, Whiteside, commits a foul. So they, they literally just outrun us in transition defense with two passes ahead. Um, and now it's an eight-point game. Again, probably not anything to worry about yet. Reeves makes the free throw. It's a seven-point game, but now LeBron comes back. Like, so you just went from up 12 to seven, and LeBron comes back. Uh, Jazz have a bad offensive possession right on that. They get physical. The ball gets knocked out of bounds. There's two seconds left on the shot clock. Inbound to Donovan. He forces a 25-footer, and the war- and the Lakers get out and run again, and Westbrook just runs by. Donovan plays bad transition defense out in the open court. He doesn't get all the way back on the – he misses the shot kind of frustratedly backpedals. Westbrook now meets him at half court instead of Donovan getting all the way back. Westbrook just blows by it. Mike and Royce are deep, but pretty small. And he just powers all the way through them. There's no wall built in any way, shape or form by the jazz and transition defense there. And now all of a sudden it's a five point game. And now you really have with bad transition defense on three straight plays or bad turnovers, breathe life into them. Beautiful move by Donovan makes it a seven point game. Um, and now we have what should be a half-court set. You've just scored. The Lakers aren't very good in the half-court. This is where you really have an opportunity 
to be able to play them. LeBron drives, perfect defense. Rudy's in the middle of the lane. This is where the Jazz have made the defensive change to what they're doing. They've got four guys guarding the perimeter, Rudy covering the inside. LeBron comes around with it, and I, I, Russell Westbrook's late coming down the floor, and nobody picks him up. Like, there's nobody picks him up. And I don't – it's it's kind of weird because they're almost playing a zone. I And because they got four guys going five, it kind of feels like Donovan releases LeBron and goes to Horton Tucker. Royce flies over to Monk, but LeBron is coming. But Monk's a good shooter, so it doesn't seem like a terrible move. And Westbrook gets Rudy in the air on a ball fake and maybe actually it relies on Rudy should have been able to make that play defensively and doesn't. I honestly cannot tell you enough about it. It's kind of a fluky, weird play because Westbrook didn't come down the floor right away, but now we're down to five and he misses the free throw. Donovan goes one-on-one on Horton Tucker, crosses him over, pull up jumper. It's fine. It's a no... It's a very limited pass possession, but Donovan's our guy. He gets a mid-range jumper. That's where mid-range jumpers are supposed to be important, and he and he misses. They turn it back over on a great steal by Donovan, and then Conley drives the basket, and he's, you know, he looks 6-1 on this drive. It's a wild left-hander. It's got little to no chance of going in, and, and so now here come the Lakers. It's a five-point game off that, but the Jazz do a really good job. The Jazz get in transition defense here. They do it right. And so here we have it again. Rudy's hanging in the middle. We're playing four guys on the outside. And Boyan has to guard LeBron James. And this is not like small ball beating the Jazz. This is Boyan Bogdanovich gets beat by LeBron James, who's the greatest player in the history of the game. Rudy's probably too deep. He's got to be a step higher to alter LeBron's route. So Rudy looks a little slow to react to me on this. But generally, that's actually the defense work. Did a pretty good job. LeBron makes a great play. You know, the narrative is, why can't we beat small ball five? That's actually not, or small ball, That that's not it. What's interesting to me about this, if you look at the bad six minutes, it's not a lot of X's and O's problems. It's kind of like ability, will, heart, fight, detail stuff. But it's not like, schematic they're switching we didn't get good looks right donovan got a wide open 18 footer just beat horton tucker conley gets to the rim he just actually is too small to finish that to finish that play here we didn't get beat by small ball lebron just really flipping good so you know three minutes left on the next play boy we come up and play half court we stop running the jazz run a beautiful play for Boyan bogdanovich off a rudy gobert pin He's wide open. LeBron's sagging back. It's a great pick by Rudy. Boyan's wide open. We just missed. Again, that's not a, this is not go to these schematic items that say that we're not good enough. This goes to, we just, like Donovan's now missed a wide open shot. Mike was too small to finish the layup. Boyan just missed a wide open three. Off the miss. The Lakers come down, and this is where LeBron ties the game. He walks into kind of a the Jazz get a little confused defensively. LeBron walks into a deep three. I'm not sure what Donovan and Boyan were trying to do when Austin Reeves was there, but whatever it was as they left. This is, again, this is not schematic small ball. This is, they just blew it. Somehow they decided to give LeBron James space. We're tied at 94. Jazz have a bad offensive possession. Five seconds left in the shot clock. Donovan has to pull from 29 feet. And now we get into the daggers. But again, it's not a schematic problem. It's just 
I mean, I don't know which is worse, frankly. But LeBron misses a 28-footer. Rebound comes out to Westbrook. And Royce O'Neal is guarding LeBron and, like, loses him. It's, it's, it's actually kind of stunning. And this is where, like, that's not Royce O'Neal. So I wonder, is that just fatigue? He literally loses LeBron James, who cuts to the basket for a dunk. Conley gets fouled. We're tied at 96. And then LeBron hits the three over Gobert. Rudy was not up close enough. Rudy, who usually gets up long enough and kind of trusts that he's going to be long enough to recover defensively, didn't do it. One of two reasons. One, the book on LeBron is he's not a great three-point shooter, so you're trying to force that. Two, LeBron's so darn good and powerful that Rudy didn't believe that if he got up on LeBron and LeBron beat him, he could help. He could recover. Usually, right? You get Rudy gets up on him. They drive Rudy so long he recovers. He may not believe he could do that to LeBron. Or three, Rudy knows his leg's not right, and he knows he can't do that, so he doesn't do it. But for whatever reason, Rudy does not play that to getting up on LeBron and forcing LeBron's drive to be able to come back and recover defensively. He plays it, kind of giving LeBron a little space, and LeBron shoots it. Donovan goes one-on-one, rejecting a screen on an early offense instead of letting them set, and he misses the layup. Not a terrible look. He just misses it. And then we're down by six, and LeBron misses a fadeaway, or down by three, LeBron misses a fadeaway. Great defense. The defense executes perfectly. And then O'Neal makes a horrendous turnover that basically ends the game. Um, so if you look at this final five minutes, here's my takeaway when you walk through it. It's not like an X's and O's small ball beat us or not an X's and O's switching defense beat us. It's all of a sudden we stopped making shots. In some cases, Mike was too small to make the shot he made. Boyan and Donovan miss, which you're going to miss 50% of them. We just haven't missed. Donovan gets a not very good look at the 257 mark or 238 mark. That's not a great possession. Conley goes to the line. Donovan misses a layup. Like, honestly... Donovan scores. It's 94-87. We have 442 left. The next possessions are Donovan missing a mid-range jumper, Conley missing a driving layup, Bogdanovich missing a wide-open three off a beautiful set play out of a timeout, a bad offensive possession. So one and four is a bad offensive possession. Conley gets fouled and goes to the line. Donovan driving layup miss. We had one, and then O'Neal throws the ball away. So we had one bad possession, and otherwise, schematically, we missed shots. We weren't good enough to make the plays in that setting. We didn't have, like, I don't know. And if you flip it around and look at the Lakers in that stretch, transition, transition, Westbrook on a weird play, transition, three in a row, Westbrook on a weird play trailing. We get them into half court. Monk turns it over. Perfectly executed defense. We get LeBron driving layup. Um that makes it 94-91, which is, you know, frankly, I thought Rudy could have been up one step, but that's not a schematic problem. That's Boyan couldn't stay in front of LeBron because nobody can because he's the second best player in the world. LeBron hits a three over Rudy, and then, you know, we make a schematic mistake where Royce gets caught on a back cut by LeBron. And on the, frankly, on the play where Reeves hits the dagger three when it's 100-99 with 103-99 left, we have the same breakdown where Royce kind of leaves LeBron and Donovan has to go for help fix. So I don't, you know, Keith says X's and O's would be easier to fix. Might be true. 
But the narrative that is going to be in these guys' head, which I, might be better, that we can't guard switch and that we're going to read about, that we can't guard switching and that we can't play, we can't score on switching, we can't play small ball, it's actually not true. We've built the defensive scheme to answer how to how small ball. And, and actually, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but, you know, but we made mistakes. Maybe, I don't know which is better. I actually be more encouraged. I'm more encouraged that we actually have a system now where Rudy can stay in the middle and we rotate four, and guys have to just do it right. We just didn't do it right. And you know what? Like LeBron trying to guard, and, or maybe the problem is that everybody's got an offensive player that's just so great you can't stop him. But last time it was Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann, and those aren't guys you shouldn't be able to stop. We should be able to stop that. So, um, you know, we'll see. Um, so, all right. Um, Robert says the flip side is they go to break with the loss. They might spend the time making adjustments first, thinking everything is good. Let's hope that's true. I'll go with Robert's optimism. Um, there. Eugene says Mitchell needs to take over in the clutch. I, you know, I kind of think he missed one, he missed two layups. He made one shot. He went one for three. He kind of did. If he makes one, you know, this is the crazy thing, right? He hits that pull-up jumper. The game's probably over. Boyan hits that three. That game's probably over. And we're not talking about this in this big, huge narrative of all this. But I, you know, it. but the end result is the end result. Um, and if and if it wasn't, you know, the 10th double-digit lead loss, the 17th clutch game loss, the, those things, I think the narrative, you know, the three, four times fourth quarter losses, um, would be it. Um, Matt Coon says that I think prime Mike Conley would be great, but we're not asking that out of him. And we asked it out of him for a month and he's tired. So he'll be, he'll be back. Not to everybody. And Rudy will be back. You know, again, if we're perfect, Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert are healthy. We probably win that game too. So maybe it isn't something you worry about that much, but it does, it does, you know, again, except for this, this, and this. We'll see. We'll talk about it more tomorrow, Friday, open show, and then I'm going to take uh, off through till next Friday when we play the Dallas Mavericks. I think that's right. Yeah, we open up next Friday. So uh, tomorrow's show, be back with me. Thanks very much for tuning in today. It is Locked on Jazz. A lot of discussion to be had on this. Definitely different points of view you can take on it. Um, and we'll see what happens uh, as the Jazz, you know, head to break, get it, come back, and um, I'll, I'll break it down tomorrow where – it's an interesting, going to be a very interesting final 28 or whatever it is for us as a fan base um, because it's going to be, we're going to overanalyze a lot of stuff that actually doesn't matter until about April 15th. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Have a great one. Right now, go listen to Locked On Now on the podcast. Catch a recap of the NBA action or Locked On NBA or go to Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Have a great one. Thanks very much.